This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Breaks a tackle. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast, presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, we've got more podcasts coming. Um, obviously, today we are talking about what happened yesterday, which is that USC and UCLA decided that they're going to the Big Ten, and the Big Ten accepted them, and... That uh, that changes some things for the Pac-12 and for Colorado. Um, we're digging into all that, but uh, before we do that, I do want to say I uh, I will have more podcasts next week. You know, we don't know exactly what the plan is. Still, there might be like a full five podcast week. Well, I guess there's the holiday, so four full podcast might do fewer of them. I'm not really sure. They're still figuring all that stuff out, figuring out who will be the new me, but uh, there you go. Um, jumping into this news, though, we're going to start here. So the news broke with maybe an hour left in the Avs championship parade, which means that we'd been outside the Capitol for six hours or so which meant we'd been drinking for a little over six hours or so. Um, and the point of all this is to say it was a weird experience for me because, you know, Adam yells over like, hey, the USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten. It's like, wait, what? And I didn't have service on my phone because there's so many people around. Um, and so that's all that I knew, which... I guess that is most of what there is to know, but it would have been nice just to see a tweet saying like, yeah, this is real. And, oh, these people are saying these things and whatever. So I didn't get the full story 
for a lot of the day and uh i was just kind of in shock right like what a wild thing to happen um you know pac-12 has been usc and ucla for like forever that's kind of the core of it right los angeles pacific coast that's that's the definition of it um so getting into like what this means and you i'm sorry i probably should have said this also my voice is gone but you probably picked up on that it's not getting any better throughout this podcast but by the time i'm back with another show we'll be just fine what does this news mean though um i guess the you know that's that's what we're here to talk about today but also like what could be on the way what 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 should see you do what will see you do all that sort of stuff um i do just want to say one more time like it's not good for cu it is not um you know the, the this change is going to kick in for the 2024 football season which is when the new pac-12 media deal kicks in um the negotiations for the new Pac-12 media deal, those will begin probably right after the negotiations for the new Big Ten media deal kick in. And um, for the new Pac-12 Big Ten media day kick in. Make media deal. Holy. Oh, I am not. I'm struggling. I'm not going to lie. I woke up from a nap like 20 minutes ago because yesterday was a long day. And I'm not at 100%. Um but those negotiation, Big Ten negotiations, should end soon. Honestly, the fact that this went down makes me think that they'll end even sooner because it feels like one of those things where obviously this isn't something that came about in one day, right? It's not like, oh, yesterday morning, USC and UCLA wake up and say, hey, you know what? Maybe we should go to the Big Ten. So they call the Big Ten. The Big Ten says, yeah, we'll, we'll have you. And then they send in the paperwork, and then it gets approved last night. I don't know how long this has been going on. Could have been a week. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a couple months, really. Um, and and if it's been a couple months, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if the Big Ten has been saying like, okay, we're definitely interested. We're definitely interested. This is all about money. It's all about how much each school gets from the media deal. So we'll talk to. NBC, it sounds like Fox was really behind this. Um, we'll talk to Fox, and Fox will will tell us, you know, what it's worth for us for you guys to come. Um, and like, oh look, this this makes sense, and we've kind of figured out a structure here. And is this a structure you guys would be interested in? And it's like all those things kind of have to come together over a period of time. But it does feel like getting this deal in place should come pretty quickly because. A lot of the details, or or at least, at the very least, every big picture thing has been figured out, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't pull the trigger and announce this, because at this point, there's no going back. Um, so, I think that that Big Ten media deal should be coming out here pretty quickly, which means the Pac-12 media deal would be next up on the table. Which means this is uh, this is a bad time for this to be happening. Um, obviously, USC and UCLA are two of your bigger brands. Um, in terms of football success, you know USC is is, is really factors into to the Pac-12 you know football storyline year in and year out. 
um, Oregon, Washington. I think, honestly, I keep Utah up there now. I think they've proven that they that they have staying power, right, at least until Kyle Whittingham's gone. Um, they're right up there as well. So USC, in terms of just, like, football, how how impactful are you to to the what's relevant in the college football scene? You know, in terms of the Pac-12, they're, they're easily top five and probably top three. Um, that they are one of those big storylines. And UCLA, in any given year, could, could make the jump up there. Um, but they aren't, you know, seen as like a football powerhouse by any means. In terms of value to a media deal, just your, your football, like how, how, how likely is it that some random person says, oh, I'm watching college football and I'm going to choose, bang, the USC game over whatever other options are on at the time. You know, that factors in. But another piece that factors in, and this is a little bit more old school, is the media market. And having the L.A. media market is very valuable. And that's because when the cable company or whoever is is saying, okay, we'll, we'll carry your Pac-12 network because people here are interested in the local school, well, you, you do that in... Salt Lake City because Utah and say like, oh, yeah, this means we're going to be in this many households, which means we'll get our whatever 30 cents per household we're in there. And that's that's going to be solid. L.A., a lot more people, a lot more households. And that means you're going to be getting a lot more of those old 30 cents, right? So that is... You know, it, it doesn't matter as much as it used to. You know, that used to be kind of the, the full story back in the 90s was just how many households you guys going to be in and that's your that's your worth. Um, now things get blurrier. As you know, there's there's more streaming. Um, people have a little bit more freedom in terms of what they watch. You know, it's still valuable because a lot of people still do have cable but what might be more valuable if say say they go to apple well if they go to apple i don't know if they go to apple then the media markets don't matter all that much um how many people actually want to watch the games matters more which is a very similar thing right because if you're the football team that's that's good in in Boulder, well, it's like yeah, then a lot of people in Denver want to watch, and Denver's whatever size market it is, and so that that does factor in kind of tangentially a little, I guess. Um, but you know, if 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 it's solely Amazon, say it's just all Amazon, well, you ju- you're just trying to sell Amazon Prime subscriptions, right? You're not too worried about other stuff. Now is the fact that there's a lot of people in LA, and that means you're more likely to have fans. Factory, yeah. I mean, that just size the fan base. On top of that, you still probably have, um, you know, CBS. You know, if if CBS is involved in the new deal, then maybe everything is streamed on the back end by Apple or whoever. But you also have whatever three games a week that are just on regular cable television. Um, maybe it's more than that. Who knows? And, and those ones go to CBS or Fox or whoever. And a CBS wants to broadcast where the fans are. Maybe maybe they say like, oh yeah, LA is popping. We'll get. But but media market doesn't matter as much as it did. You know, back when you're negotiating to get Pac-12 network in people's houses, 
that mattered a lot more is the point of all this. Um, still, you don't want to be losing L.A., um, and that obviously affects recruiting as well. But, I mean, what? The, the teams typically get $35 million a year for uh like for, from the TV deal you know that's that's more like 100 now for USC and UCLA with this new Big 10 deal most likely um is that true it's wild that that number could get that big but it might i think by the end of the deal it will i mean what right now SEC teams are getting like 60 so we'll we'll see what the numbers look like but the estimates have been that this could get that big um you know, that's uh does that mean that the the Pac twelve without those two teams that you would expect to have been the the two of the teams that the the broadcast partners would be more interested in broadcasting, right? You know, it's if you lose Washington State, you know, you might actually see the average payout go up. Um so does that mean that this goes from thirty five million to thirty million? Because it, it still go up because media rights have gone up very consistently. Maybe not consistently, but they've never gone down in the last 40, 50 years or whatever. I mean, you could you could make that argument as well. It's just tough to say. Um, let's, let's take a break right there. Let's take a break right there, and then we'll talk about what's to come in just a second. And what CU should do. I mean, that's the big thing. Real quick, though. Breckenridge Brewery is awesome. They've been doing so much for the community during this Avs playoff run. Um, whether it's little things like buying everybody their beers when they bought a Avalanche Amber Ale and the Avs scored two goals in the first period that day. Uh, whether it's more important things like donating a portion of all the proceeds from selling that Avalanche Amber Ale to the people who are impacted by the Boulder Fire. Um, or, or helping some of the, the community heroes, as they said, get to avalanche games during this playoff run um awesome stuff from them and i'm excited to uh drink some breckenridge beers on the fourth of july um i'm headed up to montana i'm not sure if i've said that yet but i'm I'm headed up sunday i'm gonna be up there until next sunday and first of all i'm very excited we've got so many things planned we're uh i mean glacier park is incredible like I feel like I shouldn't ever say that publicly to people who don't know because it's so packed and all that at this point that it, I hate that. That's not the way it used to be. But um, you know, I was just even looking because my girlfriend's coming with, and it's like, yeah, look at U.S. News and World Report. Like number one place to visit in June. Number two, I think, is it's Paris. Like it just edges out Paris. Um, it's like number one place to go hiking in North America. Um, number 13 place to visit just like in general in the world. So, I mean, just incredible spot. I'm going to go e-bike up some mountains, do some golfing, do all that sort of stuff. But that's going to be great. Um, the problem, finding Breckenridge beers in Montana can be a little bit tougher. So what we're going to do right now is head on over to the breckbrew.com website, see where I can buy some Strawberry Sky up there because that is what we're drinking on the 4th of July and basically the rest of that week as well. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. Having this weekend off from beer is actually going to be kind of a, <laughs> a nice thing after this cup run. Uh, but, you know, after that's vacation, and then when I come back, that's when it's time to like, okay, get in shape. This alcohol is not always the best for you. But um, 
Okay, we're on there. I put in the zip code. Select product. I go down. I scroll, 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 scroll. Strawberry sky. Check. Find. Oh, well, you can't get the strawberry sky. What can you do? Let's see. Um, ooh, it's in this variety pack. The 15er variety pack. Um, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Super One. You can grab it in the variety pack. Along with the vanilla porter, summer beach, juice drop, avalanche. That's a that's a good combo right there. So that's where we're going to be headed. Um, you guys should use that too. Figure out what beers you need um, for the 4th of July. It's a big beer day. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook. I actually don't have any bets tonight. I'm going to I'm going to dinner with my girlfriend's aunt and uncle. So they're not like big sports people, which means I have nothing to talk about with them. Um I can listen about his boat, but um yeah, like I have nothing to talk about. But the point is I'm not gonna be watching my sports tonight. Um Honestly, sports are tough right now. Sports are tough right now. I guess the the Rockies are still here. I gotta I gotta figure out a plan for my Rockies fandom. It's like am I am I to watch the Rockies every day now? Because the other thing is like for the last two months, every other night there was a, a hockey game. Either going to it or you're going to the bar for it. It's wild. I went to all those home games and every road game I was at the bar. Um, but that time is now free. So do I just say like yeah maybe I'm gonna start watching the Rockies? Do I like you need a routine right? Or it's like other sports, like the Nuggets or the Avs. Like, get home, you watch it. The Rockies, like, do I throw it on the laptop while I do something else? You know, something like that? I'm not really sure. Um, but but that's going to be one of my things I need to solve in this next stretch of my life. It's actually a few of those. But, um, yeah, what do we do? I don't know. I'm always down to bet on the Rockies. But, like, again, like... You know, did we talk about that women's national team game? I think we did. I think we did. I remember the, the, they were favored by four and a half goals. And I looked at that and I said, you know what? I don't think they're beating Columbia by five. That's a that's a big number. And it actually seemed kind of crazy to me that that number was that big. At the same time, though, I wasn't going to bet against them, right? So what I do, I was like, well, let's just pick an exact score. And so I was like, well, Columbia isn't going to score in this game. I'm confident in that, which should have just been its own bet. But uh, I was like, okay, they're going to win to zero. So is it four to zero, three to zero? I wound up going four zero, and I think they wound up winning two to zero. Um, that's another one where I was just like, I'm not going to bet against them. I'm not going to take that spread against them. So like with the Rockies, am I willing to do that? Maybe, but is that like my consistent play? Like you bet against the Rockies? Because I think it would probably pay off in the long run. Um, make a little parlay, bet against the Rockies, but still take like the the Kyle Freeland strikeout over or something like that, right? Um, just because, first of all, because you want to, I don't want to just be all negative, and also because you always take the Kyle Freeland strikeout over, but also you put those two things in a parlay that are kind of like opposite, right? So like good for the Rockies, but also a Rockies loss. That can that that'll help your payout. Um I don't know. But the point is it's it's really fun and uh and you guys should do it. And you, right now is the time to sign up because there's those UFC fights tomorrow and you can pick any fighter to win, make that bet, bet five dollars, and you'll get 
$100 in free bets. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR. Bet $5 on any UFC 276 fighter to win. You'll get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code DMVR this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And now it's time for our DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week. Let's see. Scrolling through the app here. Okay, so here's something. We do, we're starting to get lines for the CONCACAF Women's Championship. So this is the one that, that Taylor's playing in. This is like the, they played those two warm-up games for it. Top three teams go to the World Cup. Number one team goes to the Olympics. Um, and... So far, they only have lines for two of the games up, Mexico-Jamaica and Costa Rica-Panama. I want to see what the lines are for the rest of them. I'm surprised they aren't up yet. I mean, I wonder... Let's see. Is there one more friendly? Let me see. Netherlands plays the Finland tonight, um, so that's not it. Um, but of those games that we see, and we're going to be leaning in heavy to this tournament because obviously Taylor's playing and it's... June or no, it's it's July now. So, what else would we do? Um, but you know what? Here's where we're gonna go because it's gonna be a lot easier to make bets on these games once we've seen these teams play, right? Like I don't sit around and watch Mexico's women's soccer team play, but we don't have lines yet on the things I actually kind of do want to get in on, um, which obviously like the U.S. team, but also there's there's a surprising amount of hype around the, the Haitian team. Um, I want to see what those lines look like. But of these games we're seeing here, here's where we're going to go. Mexico plays Jamaica. I believe this is the first time Jamaica's ever qualified for this tournament, just the top eight teams um, in the, I guess it's like north through Central America. <sighs> You think Mexico is going to win this game, of course. They're minus 310. But I think the better bet is probably them to win by two goals at minus 115. And I might even sprinkle them to win by three goals at my, or plus 210. Uh, we're, we're going to go... Uh, we're going minus one and a half goals, minus 115. And uh, that's your DraftKings pick of the week. All right. So back into the serious stuff, though. What what is CU gonna do? I mean, there's there's kind of like a list. I I honestly, at least these early stages, I think what Rick George should be doing right now is not all that complicated. Um, you know, first thing you do is call up the Big Ten, say, hey, can can we jump in here? And odds are the answer is going to be a pretty firm no. Um, but you make the call, right? Um, from what we've heard, I can't remember who reported this. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Or no, John Wilner reported today. John Wilner, I think, did report. Of course, it's John Wilner. Um, that Oregon and Washington want to go to the Big Ten, but the Big Ten is not like looking at applications right now. Wilner said that uh, if Notre Dame was interested in going to the Big Ten, then that's where they could put together another package. Where I think the one that he said would be something like, you know, Notre Dame, throw in North Carolina, and then bring in Oregon and Washington as well. Um, but, 
you know, if, if Oregon and Washington already have, have tried, probably pretty safe to say Colorado isn't going to be able to do it. Now, the, the way you pitch it, of course, is you start with CU Nebraska and say this is a great rivalry. Remember when these two teams played a couple of years ago um, and it was the, what, second most expensive ticket in the country for, for any, any game all season, regular season. Uh, that's, you know, it's a starting point. You're talking about what, what do you bring to the table in terms of media rights, which is what this is all about, and that's 95% of what matters. You know, that's, there's one game a year, right, that, that you can say this will be very widely watched. Um, I don't think it's enough. I, I, I don't. Um, but you still try and, and see what you can do. Now, if that doesn't work, you uh, you you look to kind of group up with the big guys in the Pac-12. Well, what's left of the Pac-12? Um, obviously, Washington and Oregon are tempted to get out. Um, that's very clear. Um, but you know, you look at who else is you know wanted, and you'd say Utah probably is next up on that list, and. Luckily for CU, Utah is kind of, is first of all like the travel partner, but also kind of the rival, right? And so, first of all, let's say this: outside of those three teams, who is the most desirable team in the Pac-12 for another conference? I think Colorado is a claim. You know, you're talking Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, Stanford, the Arizonas. Cal and Stanford are weird. I don't think anybody wants them. Oregon State, Washington State, get not much appeal. Arizona's, I don't know. But it seems like Colorado should be able to, you know, if there's a group of four that comes out of the Pac-12 after USC and UCLA, it seems like Colorado should be able to get itself into that group of four. I would think that they would. Um, now, that group of four tries to go to the Big Ten, of course. That's where the money is. That's $100 million a year versus $40 million a year, so you'd be crazy to not consider that first. At this point in our timeline, Colorado's already been rejected by by those guys. So has Oregon and Washington already, and we know that in real life. So odd seems slim. And that's where this little group of four that you, that you want to create, that you want to be a part of, you, you try to figure out what the plan is from there. And that's where things get very difficult. Um, you know, you've got, you've got some options. Um, the, the easy ones are, do you try to merge the Pac-12 and Big 12 together? Do you try to get a group of Pac-12 teams to join the Big 12? Do you try to convince some of the Big 12 teams to join the Pac-12? Those are the easy answers. Um... I think at this point, the ideal situation is to build something that can compete as a super conference. Because the way things are trending right now, you know, you're not talking about Power 5 anymore. It's looking like you're talking about Power 2. Um, that there's going to be two big relevant conferences and everybody else is kind of on the back burner a bit. Um, can you turn that into a Power 3? And how would you do that? And the way you do it is to say, okay... We're taking maybe it's the top half of teams from uh, the Pac-12 and the top half from the Big 12. So you wind up with those four we were talking about and maybe you bring in the Arizona schools. Um, and then from the Big 12, you put together the, you know, Baylor, 
the Oklahoma State, probably Kansas State, um, Kansas, and who else? I mean, is Cincinnati on that list? You know, Cincinnati just got to the Big 12 from the group of five, but I'd say they probably are on that list already. Um, who else would you want in there? Um, just looking through the top 25 rankings, you know, Houston maybe? I don't know. Um, BYU's going to the Big 12. Maybe try pair them with Utah. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, and so so there's there's kind of the start. What you do from there, though, is, first of all, like you got to check on like a Boise State or something. And I guess this is a good place to stop and say, I know a lot of you are listening to this and probably thinking, you know, I don't know, they've ever let Boise in because of the academics. Or like they really want to be paired with Baylor and TCU. And it's like, well, yeah, all that is kind of out the window at this point. The The whole academic thing, I don't think that's going to matter hardly at all going forward. I mean, you had USC and UCLA, two of the teams that would push for that sort of thing, leave to go to the Big Ten. Uh, very clearly inferior conference. So I'm not even worried about academics at this point. Uh, it's just going to be a straight-up money grab, and the teams that didn't grab the money quickest are, you know, they, they lost out. And that's going to continuously be true because this is America and that's how that works. Um, so you, you, you have like whatever the six teams, maybe from the Pac-12, six teams, maybe from the Big 12. You reach out to a Boise State, a San Diego State, uh, maybe a Fresno State as well. Um, but then the big move is you try to get Clemson in and you say like, OK, Clemson, maybe even give them a bit of a deal and say like, hey, well, you get an extra 20% versus what you're supposed to get on an even payout. Maybe that's how it works. Who knows? Um, you reach out to other ACC schools, you know, the Miami, maybe Florida State. Um, who else is gettable? The fact that North Carolina was in that story makes you think of North Carolina as gettable. And at this point, you're probably thinking, well, this doesn't really make sense geographically. You're really going to pair Oregon with Miami? Those two teams, or I guess Seattle with Washington and Miami, those are those are direct opposites. It's like, yeah, that does not matter anymore either, I don't think. Um, at least if this is going to work, it doesn't. If that winds up biting the, the whatever new super conference we're creating in the ass, and then they were just never going to be able to compete with what the Big Ten is now anyway. Um, so... You, you reach out to those big schools and maybe just take six from the ACC, six from the Big 12, six from the Pac-12. Uh, maybe instead of taking six from each and, and getting yourself that nice 18 number, I feel like is solid. Maybe you just go 20. Maybe you go 20 and say, okay, we'll take them, and then we'll also take you know, Boise and San Diego State, potentially. Um, then you're... All of a sudden, I mean, if you if you make that work, you're in great shape, right? You know, if you if you just look up and down the lineup, if if that's what works out, you know, let's run through these top twenty five rankings, the AP top twenty five rankings from the end of last season. These are basically just last season's results. Top two are Georgia and Bama from the SEC. They've got Michigan from the Big Ten. They've got Cincinnati, who is going to the Big Twelve, but in this case would be part of this new Super Conference. Uh, then you've got Baylor, who would be part of the Super Conference. Then you've got Ohio State from the Big Ten, Oklahoma State from the Super Conference, 
Notre Dame, which, you know, if you're building the Super Conference, you reach out to them, and who knows? Maybe you can make it work. Um, again, unlikely. All this is unlikely, though. Uh, Michigan State from the Big Ten. Then you've got, rounding out the top ten, Oklahoma, which is headed to the SEC. Ole Miss to the SEC. Utah to the Super Conference. Pittsburgh, maybe that's one of those ACC teams you bring in. Uh, Clemson, which is definitely one you try. Wake Forest, you probably don't, but, hey, they're right there, so maybe. Louisiana from the Sun Belt. Houston from, uh, the, well, they're going to the Big 12, but you'd poach them. Kentucky, BYU would be to the big, to our Super Conference, I guess. NC State, Arkansas, Oregon, Iowa, Utah State. So, point is, there are enough teams left for another Super Conference, like the Big Ten, like the SEC. Now, those teams have, those conferences have the leg up. You know, Big Ten's about to have this media deal. SEC's kind of locked into their media deal, so they're, they're just fine. Um, and that's, that's why, first of all, why you're playing catch-up a little bit if you try to create another one of these. But also, you know, say you go after Clemson. Say, like, Clemson, we're starting this whole new big thing. You're going to make more money with us than you are with the ACC. You absolutely are. Like, it's not even a conversation. The ACC payouts are not that great. And the reason Clemson's still in the ACC instead of jumping ship to the SEC seems to mostly just be, like, they, we can run this conference – so let's just run this conference. There's nothing broken. Let's not just break it by trying to fix it. Um, say you have Clemson convinced. Say Clemson's like, you know what? We're going to sign up. Well, if you're the SEC, what do you do? You say, hey, Clemson, just come join us. You're really good at football. You actually bring the average payout up. This is a no-brainer. And then what does Clemson do? They say, well, we've got the sure thing in the SEC. We've got the new super conference being built that we don't know if it is just going to bust or what the payouts are going to be because we still need to get the media deal, all that sort of stuff. We're going to the SEC because the only downside is they're a little bit better at football. At least they have that top-end level of football over the this new super conference. So that makes it tough. In that case, could Miami go in there? Could Florida State go in there? All those? Yeah. And that does seem like at some point that's probably the next move. Um, but if you could make this super conference, you know, kind of turn this into a big three with about 20 schools each. So those back five of the power five schools just get cut out and you say, oh, sorry about it. Sorry, Washington State. And that's that's probably the, the next dream after just straight up joining the Big Ten. Or, uh, I mean, that's kind of it. Um, so, yeah. What does CU do? What does CU do here? Um, they do something. They definitely do something. You know, I I have a tough time believing they're just gonna roll with the Pac-10 going forward, right? And that would that would be the do nothing plan. You know, is Colorado gonna be able to jump to the Big Twelve? You know, if the if the Super Conference thing doesn't work out, then that's what that's that's the next best option. Goes Big Ten, Super Conference, then uh, Big Twelve. With either, you know, some teams going Big 12 to Pac-12 or some teams going Pac-12 to Big 12 or the merge or whatever. Um, Super Conference does rank in ahead of those, obviously. Um, but after that, I mean, those are kind of the options, right? It's either that or you hold serve. Or I guess you invite in new members. That would be the final option here. And it is at the bottom of the list. You know, you just say, you know what? We lost two teams. Now it's time to add. Um, you probably look to the Big 12 first. You say, 
No, same teams. Baylor, TCU, you guys interested? And it's like, oh, yeah, but they have bad schools. It's too late for that. <laughs> the not being a good school, I mean, that, that argument left the building, I guess, only yesterday. But it feels like longer ago. Um, you know, you, you reach out to who else? And Cincinnati, maybe? Can you poach them this quickly? Houston, just make this big on Texas. Probably have to change the name of the conference. Um, but, yeah, and you, you look to the Big 12 schools, and then you look to uh, the, I mean, just G5 schools around this part of the country. Um, and, honestly, you probably reach out to Gonzaga, too. They don't have a football team, but adding basketball, like basketball is what? It's typically 10% of your media deal doesn't really move the needle there but just for like for pride's sake do you jump in and try to make something happen are they even interested because they have such a great setup the way it is now where they just basically get to keep whatever tournament revenue they earn instead of splitting with the conference like everywhere else like it's and it's an easy path obviously i don't know um but changes are coming changes are definitely coming i don't think there's much else i can add i mean even like the idea you could poach Clemson, what they have to they have to spend a hundred million dollars to get out of of the ACC, and you better be offering them a lot of money, and you'd be sure that this is going to work, and that's why this seems unlikely. Um, I'm sure, more details will come out over this weekend, though, and we'll talk about those at some point. Changes are coming. I mean, you got to leave it at that, and you just have to hope that CU can find a way to either be a part of the, the kind of power group in the Pac-12 or to to start something or who knows. that. Rick George has a tough job right now. So does everybody in the Pac-12 and the people in charge of the Pac-12 as well. Who knows? Pac-12 could wind up disbanding because everybody's joining everywhere else. All of a sudden, poor George Klyovkov <laughs> will be seen as the last commissioner of the Pac-12. Who's to say? Um That'll do it for today, and I will see you soon. Bye.